You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Joe Stapleton, otherwise known as Uncle Daddy. Over there across the pond are my work wife and my abusive work stepdad, who are both somehow still married to each other. I don't know how it all works. It's very complicated. It's a little messed up. It is complicated. (laughs) There, James Hardigan and Matt Broughton. Hello, my babies. Coming up on today's show, Macau Yao. Macau is coming on, even though we did not go there per se. We are going to talk about some of our favorite moments to come out of Macau, especially the main event win of Mr. Elliot Smith, who I pulled some strings and got him to come on the show. I'm just kidding. Good we're work. Facebook friends. Oh. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're Facebook friends. Oh. Uh, but I did put a little work, a little mustard, a little elbow grease into the foreign movie title game. Oh, come Have we ever played that? Have we played that on this yes. show or not yet? Uh, not, okay. I don't think we've ever played it on the podcast. We did once play it, I believe, on the live stream, and the audience loved it. So I hope that the podcast listeners feel the same way. Excellent. Matt Broughton and some very fine folks came to see my stand-up show in London last week. Uh, we'll talk about that for a hot minute. Poker has been in the mainstream, lol, stream for a hot minute with a new Netflix movie, and supposedly it's pretty good. No, we all watched it. So more on that later in the show. And speaking of movies, today's super fan wants to be quizzed on a movie so good we don't even acknowledge the sequels or the reboots. Right, James? Correct. There is the original, and it stands alone. Mm. Uh, that movie, oh, by the oh, way. Oh, Matt Broughton's making noises. Are you going to try and justify the RoboCop sequels or reboot? No. No. Definitely the reboot, no. But, I mean... The RoboCop 2 sequence where all the failed RoboCops come out and pull their own heads off and explode and go crazy, that has some value, no? Discuss? You're talking about a few seconds in an otherwise 90 minutes of shit. Well, I don't dispute that. I'm just saying there's some bits in it that's quite nice, question mark. As a kid, I didn't really mind RoboCop 2 because I was watching all these movies on TV anyway, where in America, when movies are on TV, they're heavily edited. So Ruined for television. Exactly, and uh, but RoboCop three was rated PG thirteen. Yes, I didn't even remember and there being a RoboCop three. What what kind of happened? In hadn't it? Peter Weller like bailed by that point? Yes, no Peter Weller and RoboCop flies in it. No, I definitely yeah. didn't see that then. Oh, He's man. got a jetpack. Uh, well, obviously we have been off air for uh, a while because obviously we took last week off for our Easter vacation. During that time. Kai, who was the super fan on the last episode, had her vacation here in the United Kingdom. Now, Joe, you and I did pop down to the Hippodrome to check out the uh, Megastack event. We didn't yeah. see Kai, sadly, but I hope Kai had a good time. The good news is she has returned from England to find her. Everyone loves a chop pot hoodie Sweet. waiting for her on her return. You know um, why we didn't see Kai, James, is because like, so James and I, Matt, roll up to this uh, Hippodrome event and say we say hi to Carrie Jane and just looking for people that we know. Mm. And a guy gets up from his table to come say hello to us. And really, that's the real reason that we're there, not for the ego way. But, like, you know, if people want to say hi to us, I kind of want to just show my face and shake hands or whatever. But, like, I'm too embarrassed to, like, go strolling through the poker room just in case anyone (laughs) wants to say hi. Like, I don't know how to do that without looking like a total douche. Just be like, so, guys, I'm here. If anyone wants to say hello or a photo, you've got five minutes. (laughs) And if I'd only had the balls to do that, maybe we would have seen Kai. I don't think you can do that without looking like a complete douche who wants to be recognised. A series of tweets from Undersea Monkey, as he listened to last week's show, uh, thought that Matt was spot on in his review of Free Fire. He says it is a superb movie. Go see it if you haven't already. Thank you. However... Like the waster, I had a near neighbour in the cinema with a serious BO <gasps> issue. Wow. Is there something about this film that attracts people with serious body odour? I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. Anybody else seen the film and had a smell, smell of vision experience? Um, I sort of did, actually. Oh. In that, So Free Fire was playing on the plane ride on the way back from England last time I came back. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's I was unusual like, you know to get movies that new on the plane. Yeah, so I worry about the sound quality because I did mention that it sounds amazing. And now, how was it for you on a plane? You know what? I can't say it sounded amazing, but right. I I heard it all. Um, okay. That's a good point. So I, maybe I missed out on some stuff. It's it's really cool movie, by the way. Uh, first, 
uh, you're like, oh, this is cool. And then you're like, oh, this is absurd. And I started hating it for about <gasps> five minutes. And then Came once I down. realized, yeah, once I realized that it's like intentionally absurd, I was like, this is fucking awesome. It's like, the raid, beat- it's like the raid, isn't it? It's like once one guy gets kicked in the head, that's the game over. But it's like, oh, these guys are just indistractable. Let's enjoy it. Sorry, as you were. Exactly. And so um, the BO tie-in is that <laughs> I went to go see The Fate of the Furious, and during that movie, there was someone with ridiculous B.O. sitting near me, but on the way into the theater was the red carpet premiere for Free Fire, and I saw Brie Larson oh, wow. on the red carpet. Did yeah. she have bad B.O.? She might have been the one. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that she was in a different movie than me, though. So that would be really bad, you know, if I could smell her from another theater. Getting the idea that this may be a cross-movie issue and says more about the personal hygiene habits of people frequenting cinemas in the modern age than something about Ben Wheatley's opus. <laughs> um, Undersea Monkey's final tweet, by the way, is in reference to the quiz that you ran on last week's show, Joe. Uh, I honestly didn't expect to hear the Church of England ever mentioned on poker <laughs> in the ears. Uh, Pedro also enjoyed the good for poker, bad for poker game, as did his son, and both agree that Popeye's chicken is good for poker. <laughs> Uh, Robert thought that it was an epic episode of the podcast. Nicely done. Michael said it was an entertaining show, but he has a question. How bloody tall is James? He looks tall, but Matt and Joe go on like he's six foot nine. I mean, it doesn't help that Matt's Matt's an interesting character in that Matt is, I think, exactly my height or maybe one inch taller. But I look up on the nose. Oh, so okay, so he is so he is much taller than me. I'm oh. five foot ten, so everyone okay. looks enormous to me, especially James. <laughs> uh, final tweet: Craig Towles, uh, very disappointed. He said that Joe teased us that you'd be talking about Logan, and I really wants to know how you both saw it. Um, I'm sorry, I still haven't seen it, and I've reached the stage now where I know I'm just gonna have to wait for it to come out on oh. digital HD or Blu-ray. See, I'm I, not gonna get to the cinema. See, I was really one. proud of myself for finally getting round to watching it because I thought you guys have been going no spoilers, no spoilers, because I thought you both had seen it already. No, um, and I do want to discuss it, but you just got to be aware that it's not gonna be some time. But we have got another movie to review later in the show, and we can't, you know, fill this podcast too much with movie talk I it's guess. poker in the ears not movies in the, the ears the thing is see, it's a good time of year for me because you know because of the BAFTAs from like December through to January I'm just on movie watch yeah. and then I completely blow movies out because I've got to catch up with all the TV I haven't seen and now Easter comes round so what better thing to do than to catch up with all the films I've missed and sit gorging myself on chocolate but <laughs> a slight story attached to my gorging of chocolate this year anyone that's been listening to us for a while We'll probably have gathered that one. I love chocolate because we've talked about it a lot on on the various output, and also I've got like a, a rescue dog. I've got a retired greyhound. One of the charities that I help out that that rehome the greyhounds every Easter have this event in Upminster. Uh, it doesn't really matter what it is, but one of the key things is there's this huge Easter egg tombola stand. So. I always What's go. A, in, I'm so sorry. What's a tombola? Tombola is like you've got a, a table with a whole bunch of prizes on it. And on each prize, there's a raffle ticket number. And you now buy a ticket and you jiggle around in a bag and you bring out a number. And if your number matches the prize in the tombola, you win that item. Okay, it's like a like a backwards or what we used to call a Chinese auction. I've never heard that, but no, if you understand. It's a, it, it's a tombola. <laughs> you, I, you can't just say no. You don't know what... <laughs> no, what, I'm sorry, you know. Joe. No, that's an incorrect answer. Anyway, so you get the idea. There's a table covered in Easter eggs. Each Easter egg has got a number on it on a raffle ticket. I go, there's this nice old lady called Betty who runs the Tombola. And I go, yeah, Betty. And I go in there with a ton of of money. I'm like, I'll have three three raffle tickets for a pound. All of your anecdotes involve hanging around with old people. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's just the only sense. They're just people who lived. They just happened to have been born a long, long while ago. Yes. And I get to, oh, incidentally, last year I cleaned up. We came out of this hall with bags and bags of Easter eggs. So I go in, Betty, I'll have three tickets, please. Open them up, nothing. I'll have another one, please, Betty. Open it up, nothing. I get through about five pounds before I get a single hit. And it's a Haribo one. hasn't even got chocolate in it. It's just fucking jealous. Uh, oh, thanks, Betty. That's great. And, oh, no, the money's all good. All the money goes to the dogs. No, go that's great. Go fuck yourself, Betty. Take your fucking exactly. Haribo egg and stick it up your ass. Anyway, 
20 fucking pounds later, pardon my language, <laughs> I have got one white chocolate egg, which I'm not keen on. I've got this stupid thing that's like a mug with a really tiny egg in it and the aforementioned Harry bow. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. You guys are bent. You're twisted. This is... A I'm not happy. And they're all laughing because they know what my form is normally like on the chocolate tombola. We leave this place and we're all going, well, it's all good. It's all, all the money goes to the dogs. It's all good. I'm in the car still going, I can't believe how badly I ran this year. And then my <laughs> wife, Corinne, says, I've got a confession to make. While you're in Panama, I dropped off some stuff to Betty and I gave her £25 to buy the Easter eggs with. So I <laughs> have just spent... Not only have I just wasted 20 quid buying like three pounds worth of Easter eggs, I'm the one that bought them in the first place. So I had no idea. So not only did I spend an absolute fortune on really shit Easter eggs, but I actually officially bought them twice. Once legitimately and then once trying to win them because I normally feel smug to get like £10 worth of Easter eggs and having only forked out £4 on tickets. Oh, I can't man. believe that Matt Broughton is in Tombola makeup right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Oh my God, it's true. Uh, Matt, I want to hear your review of the Joe Stapleton stand-up show in London. I couldn't make it, but I understand. I've heard murmurings that yeah. it was a good night. It was an excellent night. and and I mean, Joe, Joe pwned it and I won't go on too much about it, but he was a clear highlight. There was there was a woman I won't give out her name. She was meant to be the highlight, and she was the worst. She was like there was a really old guy who looked a bit like Harry Hill who came on, and I'm pretty oh, sure he'd been released from like a home for the day, and he did this thing about pencils, and oh and he God. he came on. And in silence, he set up a little stool and he put a suitcase on it and opened it. I thought, oh my god, this guy's gonna, gonna be like a prop comedian, and he just went on about pencils and then at one point you got out a pencil sharp and went well I've got this now so I don't have to worry about my pencils not being sharp and that was the joke and you're like oh my god <laughs> but compared to the headline act he was fucking hilarious frankly but what was also nice was there turned out to be a lot of poker fans there because I was second row and there was there were two lands in front of me they were Slovakian and one was called Radovan and another, the other guy didn't catch his name. Andreas. Andreas. And the comedians kind of were not picking on them, but trying to engage them because they were in the front row. And these guys weren't being particularly helpful to the comedians. And in fact, at one point, their girlfriends came along and they were talking a bit during the comedians singing. That kind of was irking me a bit. But it kind of ticked over. But at the whole end of the night, I stood up and one of the guys said, are you, are you going now? I was like, yeah. He went, oh, can I have my picture taken with you? And I had no idea. But these guys had come to see Joe because they were clearly fans of the poker star stuff. And then all kind of people came out of the woodwork and they're all putting their arms around Joe. Radovan at one point ran up to me and Joe and went, you guys, you're real. As if he thought we were like avatars that had been invented for poker like stars. Whenever I meet anyone who's a fan, I'm like somewhat bewildered. But this kid like was like, it's such a great honor to meet you. And I'm like looking around I'm like, well, who's who put you up to this? Did Broughton do this? <laughs> yeah. Did Broughton give you 10 pounds to like ask for this? And the poker tourist, that's if was there as well, wasn't he? He stepped up and said hello. And we yes. had a picture. And, and I guess we should mention that, uh, you know, Asif uh, was always uh, make having me do these videos for his friend Derek, who is ill. And I made one two years ago and then Derek made it through the year and then I made another one. It turns out Derek just passed away and was supposed to come to the show with him and Asif came anyway. So I just wanted to say, you know, really sad news here and that that uh, Derek finally uh, finally did uh, succumb to his illness. But, uh, man, he fought for a long time. So we're happy for the extra time we had with him. Um it was a pretty cool night for me. Obviously, lots of people came out. I didn't think I killed it as much as everyone said I did. I went back and watched the video, and I was like, I'm really, for the size of the crowd, I'm really not getting You know that classic cliche, laughs. though, if you want to look thin, stand next to people fatter than you. Is it the fact <laughs> yes. that Pencil Dude in the headline act was so bad that you looked amazing? I think yes, probably. <laughs> I think the thing is also there. No, no, no. I don't, I don't. I think the truth of it, Joe, is don't watch the videos. Like, I, do you know, I learned that with the band. Like, you'd nail a gig and you think, oh, my God, we owned it. And then someone would say, oh, I recorded some of it. And you think, oh, my God. And you just sound awful. And you think, I thought I was nailing every note and I didn't. So I think sometimes it's good to just acknowledge that a video doesn't catch the moment and the atmosphere and just everyone being behind you. I, I, I thought it was very good. Very good. Indeed. I appreciate that, Matt. And, I, you know, Matt's pretty honest with his criticism or lack thereof so i do appreciate it. i will say one mistake that i made is that when a bunch of people come see me 
um, I always think about like who's seen me before, who's seen what before. And I decided I was going to open my set with like a really risky bit on racism that I had literally never done before. And if I had it to do over again, I'd be like, no, just do the American and English stuff that gets everybody warmed up. Who cares if they've heard it a hundred times? Yeah. Don't take any chances. But anyway, I just want to say thanks to everybody. And there were two people in the audience whose approval I was looking for the most. One of them was Matt. And <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, I flubbed a line super hard and then looked right at Matt right afterward. <laughs> and he just gave me like one of those nods like from a movie. He's like, mm-hmm. And then uh, this former writer from Mad TV from years ago uh, who I really looked up to has been living in England for a while and saw one of my tweets and just decided he was going to come. And that was really cool for me because I really idolized that guy. One last thing I want to say is the the headliner who Matt did not care for she like called on Matt once or twice. <laughs> oh no! And every time a comedian does this, I'm like, oh my god, is Matt gonna be kind or is he just gonna shred her? And Matt, you came close, right? I I did. I had I had a whole bunch of like because she was just so bad, I couldn't even make eye contact with her. <laughs> and a couple of times she came to me and I just knocked knocked it back because Joe sent me a message saying, I really fear whenever the comics like pick on you, they have no idea who they're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one guy because there was a, been a guy earlier on where I completely ruined one of his jokes he kind of came to me for an answer and I pretty much must have just given him the punchline to his joke Correct. which then left him hanging so you th you'd think these bloody amateurs would learn Joe but they still keep asking me but I was ready to destroy her if she came to me but luckily she uh, she gave up and moved on don't talk to Matt Broughton during one of my shows I guess we should finally talk about some poker on this show so let's have some poker news What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Ears News. And a headline that comes from Alex Dreyfus <gasps> that the passenger caught up in the United Airlines debacle has a Hendon mob page. <gasps> dun, dun, yes. dun. So you guys, did, did this story make it to England yes. uh, about this guy getting dragged off the of flight? Of course it did. It was huge news. So Dreyfus tweets... Oh, this guy has a Hendon Mob page. And then there's a poker player from the U.S. You guys may not be familiar with him, but Matt Stout, uh, who I've been friends with for years, tweeted, I think, uh, I think I knocked this guy out of a tournament one time, or this guy knocked me out of a tournament one time. At which point, TMZ, uh, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, yeah. even though it's an American, it's basically American paparazzi company, gets in touch with Matt Stout, and he gets on television like via Skype telling the story of these two guys playing in a tournament together. So it was like a weird, like the biggest news in the world last week somehow was this United Airlines thing and there's a poker tie-in. It is really, really bizarre. But uh, yeah, apparently he's a huge poker fan and goes to the World Series pretty much every summer. Yeah, well, I, he probably won't be going via United this year. Or he'll, probably <laughs> be going, he'll probably be going for free on United for the rest of his life yeah. is, is my take on the situation. Um, talking of people with um, facial injuries, have you seen <laughs> Elkie's tweets? What, what is that? Is it an injury or is he just sick of that gigantic schnoz he used to have? Or <laughs> he what? actually has had surgery. I honestly had to check the date because he tweeted that about to go under the knife and tweeted a picture of himself alongside his girlfriend, Jenny, and the fact that he wants a nose like her. I actually thought it was like an April Fool's joke. But then <laughs> he tweets several hours later, this picture of him with a bruised face and gauze over his nose. Yeah, yeah he's actually had facial surgery. He's had a nose job. Wouldn't it be amazing if this was like to sort out his voice? What if the next time he comes in the booth goes, <laughs> Hello, James. Hello, Joe. Hello, Matt. Lovely to be with you. Uh, it was so sick. And, uh, of course, the hand continued to its fruition. Uh, my nose may have changed, but Mal 5 is still with me. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. He kind of is the Michael Jackson of poker already. <laughs> so I expect this to be the first of many facial surgeries. Uh, now, Elkie, of course, was one of the people who did get to go east. We didn't get to go, but that doesn't mean we're not going to talk Macau. Event recap. Event recap. Yes, the PokerStars Championship for its third leg went to Macau. Uh, Joe, this is a place you're familiar with. I've never been there. Matt, I don't think you've ever been to Macau. No, have I have not, sadly. Uh, the Vegas of the East, although I know that there's more money gambled there than there is now in Las Vegas. Sorry not to go. I think it would have been a great experience, and also it would have been great to stream uh, this particular tournament. But 
I don't know whether you saw, the final table was a long one. Yes, this was like the old days, wasn't it? This is it like was, the uh, old days, that where we used to be there, and, like, and one of us would leave and come home and find the game was still going, even though you traveled back from another country. Yeah, this was a, as far as the length of the day was concerned for the final table, would have been a good one to miss. And you know it would have been a good one to miss because members of the audience were tweeting in and being like, oh man, too bad you suckers aren't there. This would have been great. <laughs> would have been great watching you guys do this 18-hour final table or whatever the F it was. Yeah. Um, obviously, we talked last time about the fact that Steve O'Dwyer won the Super High Roller event, accompanied by his Mango. Um, it, as, as far as I could tell, everyone who was there seemed to have a fantastic time. People obviously enjoy playing in Macau, Joe. Yeah, uh, Steve O'Dwyer won that tournament. Mike Adamo, who's like a big fan of the live streams, and we've done coverage of him before, he won an event there. It did seem like the people who were there were having fun, and that's that's what, really, what I really liked about Macau is... It's a really fun city. They are trying to recreate that Vegas vibe of sort of anything goes and uh, really great food there. Great, uh, really cheap. That's one of the things I loved about it. I had bottle service in a club for about 200 bucks, which in Vegas would probably cost you like a grand. Um, and But the weird thing is, this is something that I don't know if you guys have ever been in a place like this. When you go into a casino... Every single table is packed, right? Like you can't get a you can't get a seat at a blackjack table or anywhere, but it's completely silent. Like nobody's having fun. Like wow. the Chinese take gambling so seriously right. yeah, yeah, that yeah. it's totally quiet. So you walk into this room and it's like a set of movie extras because like no one's actually making any noise. It's a really bizarre feeling. Wow. So let us speak to the winner of the PokerStars Championship Macau main event as we welcome to the podcast Mr. Elliot Smith. Welcome and congratulations, Elliot. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Good to be here. How are you guys doing? Super. We are great. Elliot, is, am I uh, mistaken? Is this like your, is far, your first major win or do you have other titles before this? Uh, yeah, first major win, definitely. So yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. I was couldn't believe it uh, to win a main event. is just... You got to get incredibly lucky, and uh, luckily it happened to me, so I felt pretty great about it. Now, obviously, we felt really bad for not being there, and it's been a long time since there has been a main event on our tour where there has not been a live stream, and we've not been there to witness the winning moment. However, reading the live updates and seeing that this final table went on for more than half a day, including a 10-hour heads-up battle, I'm going to say... We dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys definitely dodged a bullet. It was uh, going for a while, and uh, it was kind of one of those things that just kind of just kept kept on going. And uh, it was uh, it was that much more special though when it all ended, and uh, you know to finally be done and to come away with the W felt just like superb. And would you would you classify it as one of those incredible heads up battles that people will talk about for years, or was it just a grind that would never end? <laughs> yeah, it was probably more just a grind that never ended. I mean, if if the call the cards were uh, you know um, visible, it might have been uh, a little more of a spectacle. But it just you know when you can't be a part of the cards every time, and there's a lot of folding going on like before the showdown. Um, it's hard to get too passionate about it. But his rail was big for him, and uh, they were uh, you know cheering, going crazy every time he was taking down uh, pots. So. It was still uh, just still fun for Israel and uh, s some other bystanders. <laughs> and just to be clear, the dynamic was that you got down to heads up pretty quickly, wasn't it? Something ridiculous like three levels, or sorry, three hours down from six to two, and then you—I think you did a deal heads up, but you still played it out long term. Um, yeah, we did a deal. Uh, it was uh, we saved uh, we saved uh, like forty. 40,000 US for the winner though. So we both put up 20,000 after the deal. So there's still a good amount of money on the sure. line to battle for. And uh, there was, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it did, it did go down uh, heads up real quick though. Just like a lot of big pairs, people getting it all in pre flop, cooler situations. And uh, yeah, we got down heads up real quick. And so it was, uh, I was thrilled about that, but didn't see what was coming around the corner with uh, the 10, 10 hour battle. <laughs> When you're uh, playing for 10 hours heads up, it, it, how do you like just not sort of shrug your shoulders at some point and be like, nah, let's just get it in? Like, what, where do you find <laughs> that drive to keep going? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was funny because it was it was just hard at times. Uh, he took a couple breaks um, during the match, like kind of in between the matches. Like he'd be like, "Okay, like bathroom break, smoke break," you know, um, just like after losing a couple big pots here and there, and then uh, and then I was quick to follow after taking a couple hits here and there. I was like, "We need to refocus, regroup." Um, we've been at it for so long, six hours. You know, it's good to kind of pull back once in a while and reassess and not get frustrated and just go all in. And how long have you uh, been touring as a professional poker player? Um, it's been it's been a while. You know, I've been on the road uh, uh, hitting the stops for uh, a good amount of years. I guess it's been like more regularly, like eight years on and off. Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> Do you think that it's, you know, because this was your first win uh, that you were, you know, this close to, does that give you the drive to play harder during heads up and not just push marginal edges? Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, obviously really wanting to come away with the win. Uh, the first level of heads up, I kind of went into it with a bit of a, uh, kind of a bit quickly a bit with ego and then and then i kind of just pulled back and i was like wow like i really want to win this like i like i'm gonna go about this as as slowly as it like you know possibly will take <laughs> and uh that just ended up taking 10 hours but uh <laughs> yeah so do you will th is this life changing at all for you or are you just gonna continue on as as you have been grinding various tours um yeah i think i'll uh you know, obviously, uh, I, I love playing poker, so I'm going to be at other stops and uh, just having fun, enjoying it, and trying to make deep runs. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, yeah stay stay on the tour, just keep playing. Elliot, four years ago, Joe Stapleton got to go to Macau and hasn't stopped talking about it since. I'm interested in hearing someone else's opinion on the place. How is Macau, both as a city and as a poker destination? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's just a phenomenal poker destination. There's like a, a lot of a lot of players, and uh, you know, you can get some big fields, and there's plenty of casinos running plenty of events. So there's there's a lot of action over there, um, and you know, poker's. Uh, yeah, it's really coming on strong there. So it's a great place to play. The the city's fun. It's got a lot of uh, kind of like cool stuff to check out and uh, good places to eat for sure. You know, as far as uh, cool stuff to check out, Elliot, in uh, following your social media, Elliot and I are, are friends on Facebook, stuff like that. Um, you seem to do a lot of things that aren't poker. Uh, <laughs> you really seem to, like, I see there's pictures of you on, on a bike and pictures of you at a sporting event and stuff that I don't always see other poker players doing. How dare you um, spend time in the day doing stuff other than playing poker? Unbelievable. <laughs> Keep keeping it fresh, keeping it uh, busy, like kind of just trying to fill the life up with uh, fun, entertaining things to do. How it like how much grinding do you do versus having a personal life? Like, do you specifically take time off from poker just to make sure you get some time away, or are you sort are you playing poker to live, or are you living to play poker? Um, I think it's like uh, I, I guess it goes back and forth for sure. Um, you know, like. After this one, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I get, I get, get a long vacation. You know? So, like, just going to be, you know, hanging out and uh, relaxing for the next little while and kind of just mixing in some poker stops for, you know, more for fun and, and not taking it quite as seriously and not, uh, I mean, like, obviously when I'm playing, I'll be, I'll be locked in, zoned in, but uh, just not looking into getting quite as many hours at the table. And who is it? Do you like travel with anybody or have like a like a poker Canadian all star team <laughs> that you hang out with on tour? Um, I, I, I've done a good amount of stops with uh, Danny Divorce in the past. Um, and he's uh, he's a phenomenal player, obviously. So it was kind of nice uh, doing a couple of stops with him and uh, just chatting poker about like yeah, about, about poker with him because he obviously knows a lot. Yeah. Um, so that was great, and um, I was uh, lucky enough to get an invite uh, to go to Costa Rica to grind with some of the Germans um, in in like a Ballin mansion, uh, like this past scoop. Um, so that was like a really great experience, and just kind of be on a good time zone to play scoop, and um, yeah, just like having the sunshine beating on you on those five minute breaks was just great. <laughs> Wait, so you got to go to? 
Costa Rica and play scoop in a giant mansion with all the German <laughs> murderers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was that was a very very uh, I mean amazing experience. Obviously, so it was just lucky, good timing. How do you get into something like that? Like, who gives you the invite? <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I I, I just uh, uh, know Fedor from um, at the tour, obviously, um, and he just posted on Twitter. He's like, we gotta. We got an extra spot. Anyone looking to join? So I was, I, I hit him up, and I, I got the last spot in the in the crew. So it was pretty uh, exciting stuff. I'm always like really afraid to post stuff like that on Twitter because I know there's gonna be a thousand people who I like, don't want to come. <laughs> so luckily, you made the cut. I wonder if they had like an audition process. If they sat around like, oh, do you think we should take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty uh, pretty fortunate. I like booked the flight. Uh, you know, when he gave me the okay after they did the boardroom review, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what is it that you bring to the table, Elliot? If we were to have you come to Costa Rica, <laughs> uh, I noticed. Speaking of lucky, you do uh, appear uh, to hang out at some really high profile sporting events. Like you were at the Australian Open and saw some magic happen, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see. Uh, 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 Federer play, and uh, that was uh, that was really special. Kind of like, kind of go on to uh, obviously win, win the event, and uh, yeah, he's just a phenomenal athlete. So whenever I get a chance to see someone that performs extremely well at their particular endeavor, it's always uh, really uh, really enjoyable to go check out. Do you get inspired by folks who are at the top of their games uh, in a poker sense? Yeah, in a poker sense, and like, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, it's just, it's amazing to look at someone that's, you know, put so much time into the game and can just play so flawlessly in so many spots and find so many, you know, different avenues, routes to take where, you know, possibly someone else might not be thinking about. So it is, uh, it is really impressive. Like, I know James is going to be uh, both uh, jealous of the, the fact that you got to watch Federer play because James is a tennis fan. But James, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Elliot was in like a private box at a Niners game this season, too. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, great to be at that stadium. I'm not really sure you wanted to watch the Niners last season anywhere in the world. But uh... <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have the best season. Uh, but uh, it was just fun. Uh, we kind of like tied it into a San Francisco party trip. So. It was. Uh, it worked out. You know, we did that. And we also hit up the the Golden State game in Oakland. So it was uh, nice. Yeah, it was a fun trip. Yeah. And I, I noticed that in a lot of these uh, photos, you're with your your stepbrother. Does he work in <laughs> sports? Is he the one hooking you up with this stuff? Um, yeah, we go, kind of, we kind of pass the ball back and forth. You know, like he'll get the odd hook up. I'll get the odd hook up. So uh, yeah, he works for uh, Labatt uh, Breweries of Canada and. Uh, they're they're good to their employees, you know. They uh, they're big like sporting kind of you know business, so they hook them up with the odd pass, and then I'll buy the next pass, and kind of we go back and forth. It's great. My God, that's the most Canadian job I've ever thought I've ever heard of. <laughs> Working for Labatt's, Un- unbelievable. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't playing poker? Yeah, for sure, working for Labatt's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elliot, I was wondering if you wanted to play one of my dumb games. Now, because you won uh, your event in Macau, I figure you might be a Chinese expert. Ooh, um, I'm not really a Chinese expert, but, you know, I could always give it a whirl. We're going to give it a whirl. And also, it's called the foreign movie title game. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the title of an American or a Western movie uh, that was played in China. But I'm going to read you the title of their translation. The Chinese translation back into English. Okay, so you're okay. So the tr- okay. So one more time, you're gonna <laughs> no problem. Like let's let's say that let's take. I've, the, got, let's a, say I've the got an example. I've got an example. Yes. Say for example, yeah. the Shawshank Redemption. In some countries, yeah, yeah. that obviously didn't play, so they would translate it. So for example, in Finland, the title of that movie was Rita Hayworth: The Path to Freedom. Wow. So that would be uh, what we'd read back to you is obviously the English language version of a foreign translation of an English title that doesn't necessarily play in a foreign market. <laughs> right, okay. And I got I I got to like guess the actual movie. Okay. Yes. Correct. Okay, cool. I've given you like multiple this. choices and you've got some lifelines. You can uh, you can Hector a Hardigan for a lifeline. You can browbeat a Broughton. <laughs> or you can jingle your keys at a Giles. Giles is our engineers. 
So okay, if you need okay. some help, you could do any one of those three things. Here we go. Question number one. All of these translated from Chinese back into English. The foreign movie title game. Question number one. The Interstellar Special Ability Team. <laughs> Interstellar. Is, is it Guardians uh, of the Galaxy? I'm going to give you the choices. That wasn't one of the right, choices. Don't right. worry. Here we go. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Quest, Star Trek Into Darkness, or The Avengers? I'm going to go uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is correct. Question number two. Touring around on a flying house. Was it The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, Up, Twister, or Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Uh, up. Up is correct. Do you know how hard it was to come up with a, th a, th a third choice that was incorrect <laughs> with a flying house in it? Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, there you go. Uh, question number three. This this movie was called United States Cheat Bureau. Was it American Hustle, 21, Now You See Me, or Ocean's Eleven? Ooh. Could Ooh. be any of those. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the third option? The third option was Now You See Me. Um, and it's it's American Cheat Hustle? United States Cheat Bureau. Cheat Bureau. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with Now You See Me. Now You See Me is incorrect. First misstep there. James or Matt, you want to take a guess at that one? I would go with American Hustle. Yeah, same. Uh, correct. It's good. Yeah, that's good. It's You're correct. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Don't forget about those lifelines. Question number four. The movie title is One Night Big Belly. <laughs> <laughs> One Night Big Belly. Is, is that it Night the with a K, Joe? No, no what, at night is in nighttime. Okay. Not Fat Man. Is it The Santa Claus, Tommy Boy, Shallow Hal, or Knocked Up? Oh, uh, Knocked Up? Knocked up is correct. Has to Back. Be. Yeah. Question number five. This one is a tough one. This one is called Seabed General Mobilization. <laughs> Seabed General Seabed Mobilization. Mobilization. Correct. Here we go. Is it The Little Mermaid, Deep Blue Sea, The Abyss, or Finding Nemo? Oh. Um, I'm going to say... Um, okay, the <clears throat> what was the second one again? Deep Blue Sea was choice number two. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to choice number three. He's going with the Abyss. The Abyss is incorrect. Oh, he's going to put money on that one. Wow. Both me and James had mimed that to each other, so we would have been of no use to you then. Well, then I won't bother asking you what your choice would be, <laughs> since we just found out. Finding Nemo is what we were looking for there. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. Gosh. Oh yeah. Should've, Question should've been, numbers. Uh, yeah, okay. No, go on, Elliot. Go on. We can let I you know, talk. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about these lifelines. Like, this is like some serious... Could have been helping me out right now. Okay. Well, they would have okay. fucked Thanks, you up. Guys. They would have yeah. fucked you on that one anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. And, okay. and let's not forget there's absolutely nothing up for grabs here, so take it seriously, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, question, sure. question number six. Movie title is, He's a Ghost. <laughs> is it Ghost Dad, Ghost Town... Ghost or the sixth sense? <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty good. Um, I wanna. Can I can I jingle my keys right now? Yeah, jingle your keys at a Giles. What's he gonna say? He says he doesn't go to the cinema, but he thinks <laughs> well, it's the sixth sense. The sixth sense is correct. No, <laughs> no, it was not called. He's a ghost. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's so it's like awful. If the, it's like if the crying game was called He's a Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's a dude. Whichever. Are you guys having fun with this? we got a couple more if you want to keep going. This is your best ever, I think, actually, Jim. Okay, here we go. Question. I have a total of nine. This is question seven. Uh, this one is called Night in the Cramped Forest. Is it Friday the 13th? The Blair Witch Project, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Mm, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, all very pretty viable options here. Uh, can I get uh, James away out of this one? How, what's it, what, what, well, what do I got to do? Based here? on the previous one, I'm going to say it might be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Are you going with that, Elliot? Are you going with it? I'm going to... What What was the... I think it was like the first two again. Oh, Friday Blair the Witch 13th? Was, the Blair yeah, Witch yeah. Project. Yeah. I got... I'm gonna, you know, I gotta go Blair Witch Project on this one. Blair Witch Project is correct! Ah. What's his score right now? He's doing really well, right? 5-2. Five, 5-2, two. Five, two. okay, we got, we've got two more. Here we go, question eight. This movie title is American Virgin Man. Is it? This is a tough one. Is it American Pie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, 16 Candles, Superbad? Ooh, I mean, virgin title. I think I gotta go Amer uh, like 40 year old virgin on this one. 40 year old virgin, that's what makes this question so tough. That is incorrect. It's oh. actually American Pie. Ooh. We've got one question left. I think Elliot wins no matter what. <clears throat> but you know who really wins? The audience. All right, question number nine. <laughs> this is perhaps my favorite one. The movie title is His Great Device Makes Him Famous. Is it Back to the Future? I know this. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Flubber. Boogie Nights. Oh, so uh, can I use James again? It sounds like he's you pretty can use Matt. Here. Okay, yeah. let's use Matt. Okay, let's I'm use... gonna go with Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is correct. His great <laughs> device makes him famous, <laughs> leaving us with a that's final funny. score oh, of six and three, meaning that you have conquered this game, which has no prize. Hey, well done, you. <laughs> hey, look, I, I used to pretend to give stuff to charity for people winning. Now I just don't say anything. <laughs> Elliot, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to come on the show. And congratulations once again. Are you going to be playing The Rush? Are we going to see you on the tour again soon? Yeah, yeah. Got to play The Rush. Uh, I'm going to get this celebration out of my system next uh, 10 days or so. I've got a bachelor party coming up in Portland, so that'll be fun. And then I'll uh, be there. Not, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you there, buddy. Um, I'm going to think over Sochi. Cool. Best of luck in the future, Elliot, and thank you very much for coming on the show. Okay, great. Thanks for having me, guys. Poker in the ears. So our thanks once again to Elliot Smith, and of course the next leg of the PokerStars Championship is Monte Carlo. We will be there. Uh, full details on that event next week. It'll be our Monte Carlo preview show. A couple of other things I'd like to preview as we go into the lobby... This Saturday, there is a Twitch stream being hosted by Daniel Negreanu at twitch.tv slash pokerstars. So just to be clear on the date, because obviously I know that many of you could be listening to this at strange days, strange times. Saturday the 22nd, 9pm UK time, that's 10pm European time. Daniel will be reviewing 20 of the best hands played during the first week of the All-Stars promotion. You might remember that we set up these special tables for people who've been very successful winning at the high stakes cash games. They're now playing rake-free against each other, playing not just for money, but also for prizes added by PokerStars. This is the best of the best playing in private tables, and Daniel is going to be reviewing some of their hands and checking out the leaderboards at the conclusion of the first week this coming Saturday. I could see this being very popular. People love uh, in-depth analysis from big-name pros and big money and prizes being given away. I'm actually really looking forward to see, you know, I, I don't care as much about the in-depth analysis, but I do want to see who wins. I want to see what prizes uh, we got in store. So we'll have to cover that on uh, a future episode of this show. Yeah, I mean, I think good cash hands being analyzed by someone like Daniel, breaking them down street by street is going to make great viewing. So twitch.tv slash PokerStars, Saturday the 22nd, 9 p.m. UK time. One other Twitch stream I want to talk about quickly. Uh, Felix Schneiders, Xflix from Team Online. Felix found out that one of the qualifiers coming to Monte Carlo to take part in our cash game show, the PokerStars Championship Cash Challenge, is one of his fans. Oh, wow. uh, a lady called Mila, who watches all of Felix's streams, always takes part in his daily challenges. She's a huge fan of Felix. 
He, of course, is also a poker coach. So who better to coach her and prepare her for this six max cash game she's going to be playing in in Monte Carlo than Herr Schneiders. So if you check out some of Felix's streams over the next few days, you'll see that he is actually coaching Mila. She's joining him via Skype. He's going over some of her Zoom hands and obviously preparing her for the experience of playing against some of the biggest names in the game. And I would big up Felix for that because we've we've had Felix on to our streams a few times, but we've kind of thrown him out of his depth because he is not really a tournament guy and he's always kind of apologetically doing his best, but to see him give some coaching on uh, cash it's 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 very worth your time I would say. Okay, let's do something a little bit different now on poker in the years. Occasionally from time to time, a big movie will come out. I'm thinking the new Star Wars film or the new James Bond film. And we'll devote a section of the podcast to reviewing that film. Now, I can't say that this particular movie is on that level. This is not a huge release. In fact, I can tell you it's clearly quite a low-budget production. But, Joe, you reached out last week. You messaged me and Matt and said, there is a poker movie or a movie with poker in it on Netflix called Win It All. Let's review it on the podcast. I thought it might be a good idea to alert the regulars, alert the fans that we're going to be talking about it so they too could watch it in advance. So many of us will have received tweets over the last 48 hours with other people's thoughts on this movie. Um, most of which have been quite negative. Yeah, well, I don't understand why people are not liking this movie. So I didn't even know about it. My friend Greg texted me and said, win it all, Netflix is pretty good. I think he assumed that I would have already known about it, given that it is heavily tied to gambling. Uh, and also, you know, there's a couple of poker scenes. We don't get a Hold'em scene till the very end of the movie, uh, which I was surprised at how little Hold'em was in it, considering that when the poker community got a hold of this, uh, there was a lot of tweeting about it. I thought there would have been more Hold'em in it. But I am shocked at how negative, and it seems to be mostly English people who are tweeting about it so far, how negative people are being about that movie. They seem to really hate it. You say that. Kai is a Canadian. She didn't right. like it. But yes, Pete Blow gives a blow-by-blow blow account as he watched it last night. The only good thing in this movie is Broughton's beard. I'm not expecting a five-card draw boom. <laughs> Plot hole. Where's all the shitty bills? These are a whole lot newer. And notice how he lost a ton when playing with 50s. Everyone knows they are unlucky. I actually think it's becoming quite trendy to hate on this. I saw there was a thread on 2 Plus 2 where people were saying it's rubbish. I don't think this film is rubbish. I thought it was actually a really nice character piece. I like the look of it. When I said it was clearly low budget, it looks like it was shot on like 16mm film. It has quite a grainy texture, which suits the content. The lead character in this movie, and let's be clear, this is the portrait of a gambling addict. This is the portrait of a man who is addicted to losing. This is a person that you should absolutely hate and despise or really not care about. The fact that I did care about him, the fact that I did want him to turn his life around, and the fact that I did find him quite charming is testament to both the writing and the lead performance from Jake Johnson. Yeah, I yeah, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was going to say the thing is, I thought even though there wasn't a lot of poker to like get your teeth into, the portrayal of that environment, absolutely, and the portrayal of someone sitting at a table and losing and blaming other people, but blaming themselves and can't believe their bad luck, but then stands up and then sits right back down. I thought that sort of disintegration of his character was just spot on. Having seen that, you know, being in some late night Vegas games where the guys are like drinking and they're not having a good time and they're blaming everyone. And that I thought was spot on. Um, I, I must admit, I was slightly disappointed at the end because it kind of went, the end. And you go, oh, but it's not been resolved with the guy yeah, in the bag. Yeah, but I like that. I, I enjoyed the journey. Did you much see the more... post credit scene, though? Wow. The, the guy with the bag is resolved in the post credit scene. Crap. No, I didn't I didn't realise there was one. Oh, I'll have to go back and look for that. Are you joking yeah. me? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty great, it's Marvel it's a films. great coda. Um, oh, maybe that will make me feel slightly better because I must say, I don't mind often when films disappoint me at the end because I really enjoyed all of it. I I, I think the guy Endings was right. are hard, that's what we uh, say. And also, let's be honest, if Oscar Isaacs dies at some point, we know who to go to. Oh my God, yeah, he is the spitting image of yeah. Oscar Isaacs, this but guy. But I thought he was brilliant. I thought everyone went in. It was, there was no duff actor in it. There was no, no. duff scene. I liked everything about it. I just would have loved a little bit more resolution because... My friend Steve Fair helped me out with the Netflix and we watched it and he was like, so the moral is just be shit and things will come good. 
And it was like, well, I don't need a moral, but I understand his point. Right. No, I, I think that's a valid point there that like, you know, that there is a bit of like a deus ex machina at the end, uh, you know, where just everything sort of resolves itself. But the way that they did resolve it, I thought was kind of cool. I love the fact, by the way, spoilers, guys. So if you don't want to hear what happens at the end of this movie, skip this section. I love how they don't show the final hand. Absolutely. I love the fact I they don't show it. any poker hands. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of poker like, chat at the table, which sounds relatively authentic. Yeah. Um, there's actually, very quickly, there's two lines in this movie which I absolutely loved. One is, yeah. he goes to work for his brother who runs a landscaping company and obviously he's never worked an honest day in his life and his brother says, yeah, he's used to a different kind of rake. And I quite <laughs> thought that was quite a funny line. But I love the fact that when they arrive at this high-stakes game and realise, oh, they're playing Hold'em and he's obsessed with the fact that why aren't they playing at a Hold'em table? Why are they playing Hold'em on a round table? <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I would say. So, it, I, know, it, it's, it, I felt that the... the 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 writers the the actors clearly knew the world that they were exploring yeah and i also i thought and again you guys can help me out on this because you know obviously an old buddy of mine keegan michael keys in the movie and i just thought he was hysterical um as the sponsor yes yeah to be really really funny and that look on his face when he's at the end and he's like got his head in his hands and his hair is like up because he's been running his hand through that's what I look like at a poker table 24-7. <laughs> I played on Live at the Bike one time, and Huff was doing commentary on me, and he just goes, yeah, Joe pretty much always looks like he's playing for his last dollar. And that <laughs> that is what this guy looks like in yeah. the movie, and he is. And I thought I thought they really nailed it. And so yeah. I kind of feel like, like if we could discuss for one second why we think people hate this so much. Is it because there's not enough poker in it for them? Is it because it's not fun enough for them? Like, what – what is it that everyone's I, like this movie's garbage? I think it may have been missold slightly. If you say, if you try and tell people this is a poker movie, it's not. Yeah. Um, it's probably quite slow moving because it's an intense character study. So there's not a lot of action. You're basically just following this guy through a particularly tumultuous time in his life. If you don't form that connection with the lead character, I imagine it's quite a hard movie to watch. If you don't care about his fate, if you don't care about his relationship with his brother or with his girlfriend, or whether he manages to turn his life around, you're not going to like this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I don't really know why people don't like it much. I, I thought it was I thought it was way better than the little niggles that slightly annoyed me. Sure. I, I, and I, I can only think that it's because people did go to it thinking this was going to be a rounders or like some huge poker kind of tribute film. And it isn't. And it's like, oh, they're playing five-card draw. Why would anyone play five-card draw? And you're like... Ugh. That doesn't really matter. It's the atmosphere and the setting and the and the people. And because I, I said to, to Steve, like, I loved it when there were the guys in the game. And even though they're all beating each other and taking each other's money, the conversation was very authentic and the ribbing was, exactly. was spot on. And I just thought, I love this atmospherically. I, I don't, I still can't really work out why everyone hates it so much unless they thought we were going to say we hated it and they just wanted to look cool in front of us. <laughs> I do think people probably were expecting something like Rounders and it's obviously a very different film. I thought it was a, a really good little production and I really enjoyed watching it. So thank you for suggesting this, Joe. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and we have a movie as the subject of this week's Superfan Contest. Superfan versus Stakes. And at this point, we welcome to Poker in the Ears, Mr. Luke Payne. Hello, Luke. Hi, yeah. How you doing? Good, thank you. And thank you for coming on the show on this fine Wednesday afternoon. That's hey, right, James. No James, bring the pain. Bring the pain, huh? I like it. Classic joke. <laughs> He's had two weeks to work on that one. Yes. <laughs> Luke, yeah. What's your deal, bro? What, what what are we keeping you from this afternoon? Are you a professional poker player? You got a real job? No, I got a real job, and I just play poker for fun. What is the real job? Um, I'm a fitness equipment technician. Wow. Oh man, so you're the guy that we're <laughs> waiting to come take the signs off of all the stuff at the gym. I am. That's correct. If only we had spoken to you. A month ago, Luke, because Matt Brown had a rowing machine that he was quite <laughs> oh, yeah, keen to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, oh, you could have yeah. really helped me out. Yeah. I'm sure you got some contacts just desperate for a fully working <laughs> rowing machine. It's you gone got now. rid of it in the end, though. Yeah, I did. I did. I don't know where it is. It's probably still stuck in a car. So uh, does that <laughs> does that mean you're mega strong? Do you have to like lift up machines to fix machines? No, no, I don't lift them. I just fix them. 
<laughs> wow. What's the most commonly broken machine that you have to just, what's like the bane of your machine fixing existence? Uh, it can be software and cables mostly. Oh, like within like a treadmill, stuff like that? Yeah, that's right. It's all hooked up to the internet these days, isn't it? <laughs> you sound slightly underwhelmed by your own existence, Luke. You can check your emails while you're running on the treadmill. <laughs> Life. I mean, if I if if I can't check my emails every four to five seconds, I start to get panicky. So I do understand. <laughs> there you go. Then. <laughs> um, so, Luke, you said you play poker for fun. Is that live? Is that online? Just online, yeah. So we are going to give you the chance, Luke, to win a $27 satellite ticket, plus, of course, the much-coveted Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. Uh, you have yeah. chosen, as your specialist Thank subject, you. the movie RoboCop. And to be clear, this is RoboCop 1987, as directed by Paul Verhoeven. No, 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 no. I, uh, I rewatched <laughs> the wrong one. Ah, oh, likely story. <laughs> Watching the remake once is a mistake. To watch it <laughs> twice seems like carelessness. <laughs> well, that's my whole life. Right. Well, I've, for my own sins, I've decided that there's no handicap here. It's, it's open season. So this is where Joe gets to really show us that deep down he understands Robocop better than anybody. Uh, James, mm. will you be doing me the honours as always? I will keep score. Okay, if you could also keep track of the questions, because it's one of those pick-your-own-questions oh, jobs. Oh, blimey. Okay, and as always, Luke, we start with our guest. What number would you like from one to ten? One. Unbelievable, you didn't go for seven. Okay, <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one. This is a good one, Stunners. So for two points, on Robocop's first outing, he foils three crimes. Can you list them for me? Uh, the rape victim one. That's one of them. Uh, the way to start things off on a light note. The gun, <laughs> guy that comes into the shop to rob the safe. Thank you for your cooperation. Third <laughs> one. Uh, cool, blimey. I can tell um, you've got one point locked up already. It would have been one point for just two. Third thing he does on his uh, first night. Oh, James is exploding. No. He knows the answer. Does he? <laughs> but are you? Are you? G give me. Give me a guess if you can't uh, get there. Oh, I'm stuck on it. Okay, James, you're gonna have to take it. He rescues the man from the hostage situation, throwing the guy out the oh, window. Yeah. Punches Robo through the wall. Robocop. Who is he? Yeah, he Why does he? All Where right. does he come Calm down, Hartigan. <laughs> See, he's off now. Right. So oh just one God. point. Just one point for <laughs> I, Luke there. It is worth mentioning, by the way, that there was a time where no matter what James had said, like if he was making a reference to something, if you just guessed Robocop, you'd have like a one in three chance of getting it right. It is the movie <laughs> I quote more than any other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God help us. Right. Okay. Good luck, I'd Joe. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> there she blows. You'd be glad to know you haven't blown the answer to any questions. I wasn't that obvious. Uh, Joseph, give us a number between one and ten, please. Uh, sorry, two and ten. Uh... I will always coming seven. Okay, always coming seven. For a point each, so potentially three points, give me Robocop's three known prime directives. Oh, boy. Um, protect the innocent. Correct. Uphold the law. Correct. Um, uh, uh, I don't think I can get the third one. Okay, I can tell you. Well, James, do you want to take this one for me? Isn't fun? it upholding the public trust? It's serve the public serve trust. the public trust. Serve the public there trust. There is a bonus one on this, Joe. So Robocop's fourth directive is is classified, but what is Dick Jones's contribution to Robocop's psychological profile? Dick Jones's contribution to his psychological profile. Are you just asking me what that fourth directive is? Yes. Yes. Sorry, okay. I uh, should have kept the answers he, and the questions similarly simple. He can't uh, arrest or harm an OCP employee. I'm going to accept that absolutely fine. Well, after the first round, it's 3-1 to Joe. Wow. Okay, okay, Luke, back to you, mate. Pick a number between right. 2 and 10, but not 7, I think. Uh, 3. Okay, thank you. Okay, when Robocop goes to arrest Leon Nash in a nightclub, Nash draws his gun, but it's knocked from his hand. Where does it land? Two points for the correct answer, or you can go multiple choice for one. In the dancer's hand. 
That is absolutely correct into the hand of a dancing man. <laughs> Tight game. Wow. You'll move, creep. <laughs> you know, I was, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say in a punch bowl. Well, funny enough, one of the multiple choices that I made up was into a drink on the bar, so you would have accidentally got one of the multiple choice answers. I don't think you would have got a point for that. Uh, Joe, give me a number, please. Number two. Uh, okay. What TV show did Murphy's son love to watch, inspiring the spinning gun habit? Two points for an answer, one point if you take the multiple choice. Laser cup? Oh, Joe. <laughs> Uh, do you want to help him out, Luke? It's close. Luke can still steal he for can two. He can still We haven't had the multiple choice questions yet. Correct. Luke, do you want to steal this? You can take the multiple choice for one as well. TJ Laser. TJ Laser is correct. 5-3. Okay, what numbers have we still got left for Luke, uh, please? 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, or 10. Okay, what do you want next, Luke? 10. Okay, Bodica gives his gang what he calls state-of-the-art bang-bang. Can you name the weapon? Two points. Oh, I know. Well, you're a, you're a super fan. Two points for the correct answer. One point <laughs> if you want to take the multiple choice. Luke, Cobra hit me. Cobra assault cannon. Holy moly! <laughs> Absolutely right. Man alive. You're so screwed, Joe. I was so glad he got that question. There's no shot I would have gotten it. Okay, please tell Joe what numbers he's got left. Uh, four, five, six, eight, or nine. Uh, let's go with nine. That's my lucky number. Okay, Murphy has a partner. What is her full name? Nancy Lewis. Um, can we mix can, the names there? <laughs> I can give you half a point for getting the surname. Yeah. Okay. Um, for let's. Well, in that case, in let's case, offer a half point over to, to Luke for the first name of Officer Lewis. Anne. It is Anne Lewis. The score is now. <laughs> I love this. We got half points. Seven and a half to Luke. Three and a half to Joe. Okay. That's it? Okay, I'm back in this game. All right, fuck um, this. Uh, it's close, it's close. This is Luke's turn, I believe. It is. What Four, numbers? five, six, and eight, all still available. Okay, what would you like, Luke? Uh, number eight. Okay, can you name the fictional luxury car advertised in the film and driven by Clarence Bodica? Again, two points for a straight answer, one for multiple choice. 6,000 SUX. Boom! Bonus Boom. point, bonus point. The advert for the 6000 SUX <laughs> features point. what roaming the city? A dinosaur. Bang. God, you know your robot. I Robocop. actually thought the bonus point was going to be what the gas mileage of the 6000 SUX was. <laughs> I know what that is. Go on. <laughs> 8.2. Yes, give him another point. <laughs> <laughs> He wow. gets another point for creating and answering his own question. <laughs> Joe, are there any questions you'd like to answer that you do know the answer to, just for fairness? Um, let's see. Can we... Right, I'm going to take that um... as a no. Uh... <laughs> right, what numbers are left, James? Uh, Joe, you can have four, five, or six. <laughs> four, please. Okay. Detroit is on the verge of financial ruin, but OCP have plans for a utopian city. What is the name of the planned city? Delta City. It is Delta City. Bonus point available. Was that two points or one? That was two points because okay. he didn't take the uh, didn't take the Woo. multiple choice. Um, the bonus is VP Bob Morton. He heads an OCP department responsible for policing Delta City. What's that department called for a point? Um, the Department of Justice. Do you want to steal this one, Luke? Go on, then. Off you go. Security Concepts. Yes. Correct. What was it? Security, Security concepts. concepts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, by my calculations, the score is Luke has 12 and a half, Joe has five and a half. It's right. not looking good, Joe. Okay. Uh, what are the last two questions? Five Luke? and six. Five or six, please, Luke. Six, please. Six. Okay. Can you complete the movie's tagline? Part man, part machine, all cop. Correct. Man, this is this is awful. Was that two points? That was no, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, was it? Just I, give me one. It's fine. I think. <laughs> oh, oh God! Burn. Get this guy I, off my phone line. Uh, okay. On the original posters, as well as that tagline, Robocop himself is referred to as what? Sorry, who's this question for? This is Luke's bonus. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Joe? 
Can you please repeat, repeat the yeah, please repeat so the question? On, on the original poster that says part man, part machine, all cop, Robocop himself is also referred to as... Go on, uh, We're all rooting uh, for you, Joe. Hector Ahartigan. <clears throat> Can I can I Hector a Hardigan? You know what? Hardigan, you're the worst. Yeah, considering you can't actually win, Hector a Hardigan. The future of law enforcement. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. Cool. And James, yeah. would you like to tell me the tagline from the God Awful 2014 reboot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't acknowledge the existence of that film. Right. I sorry, I forgot forgot about that. All right. So Joe's like, how how many points is Joe behind? Uh, a lot. Um, seven. Right. Okay. This one is for five points, Joe. <laughs> One of Robocop's satirical TV adverts features a battleship's clone with nuclear overtones. Can you name it? Two points for the answer, one for multiple choice. Newcomb? Yes! yes! Another quality game hey. from Butler Brothers. Now there's a bonus worth one. Oh no. <laughs> Another of the mock adverts features a car security system. Can you name the brand? A car security system? Yeah. Um. Lockout. Oh, Luke. Uh, I don't know. James. I don't remember this one. Magnavolt. No. It's the car security system where you get in and it zaps a billion volts through you. I do not remember that from the film. Well, then you're all wrong and I've scored a point. Yes. <laughs> well done. Let's have the final <laughs> scores then, please, James. Are you sure that's not from one of the sequels? 100% I watched the whole of Robocop again. I, do I think it's in one of the sequels, that I is. don't think that's in the original film. Oh, really? Yeah. I've made a dreadful like mistake. Might be Robocop 2, that oh, 3. Do you know what? I did sit on YouTube first and just dial up all the adverts. <laughs> I've made a horrible mistake for which you I You reference Robocop 2, <laughs> oh, dare no. you? <laughs> that's just as bad as referencing the Ravens. Shocking. Thank God that the scores are so huge that it didn't guys, really make I, any I, difference. I, I know this is controversial, but I actually think Robocop 2 is superior to the original <coughs> Robocop. I'm cutting him off. Um, <laughs> and I mean, on that bombshell. I mean, how can you how can you compete with a villain who's just a head in a jar? <laughs> Good point, well made. Uh, the final score is that Luke has a lot of points. By my calculations, 18 and a half. Joe, you have 10 points fewer than that. Eight and a half. Uh, that means, Luke, you are the winner of this week's edition nice. of Superfan vs. Stapes. Congratulations. You shipped the hoodie and the $27 awesome. ticket. Thank you. Good job, sir. Good job. You do indeed know your Robocop. Yeah, love that film. All right, my babies, that is just about all the time we've got for this week's show. Coming up next time, I will be back in England for the Monte Carlo preview show, where we will be discussing the Monte Damn Swing. Haven't heard of it yet. You'll hear all about it next week, but my guess is, social media-wise, you will find out more about that between now and next time. We will be looking ahead to the Cash Challenge TV shows. I'm so excited about that. We've got five days of live streaming of the Poker Stars Championship main event from Monaco, plus the return of the Bounty Bonus Tournament and all the free rolls. And we'll be having a super fan on whose specialty subject is Entourage. Is this one you've had to outsource, or do you no. actually know Entourage? No, no, but for, for no good reason, I actually watched all of the series of Entourage, even watched the film. So, so no, I'm feeling good about this. Am I right in thinking this is one of your most hated TV shows, Joe? This is one of my most hated franchise properties of all time like i think i would rather watch all six series of girls <laughs> before i would watch entourage so i don't know how i'm gonna fare in this i one. think you may have to do one of your classic staggered questions right. where there okay. are the kind of spell entourage for example. no you've blown it already <laughs> damn you sir i, was I just promise say, i won't cheat i won't look it up i was gonna make sure just make sure you phrase it like this joe Please spell Entourage. Don't ask him, can he spell Entourage? Right, yes, yes, he gets me every single time with that. All right, guys, that is, in fact, all the time we got for this week's show. For James Hardigan and Matt Broughton, I am Joe Stapleton. I'll smell you later. Hey.